there's a sports uh, psychologist, and I think it was the All Blacks, and he was asked by the coaching team to, to come and talk about how your mind, how to have the right mindset can affect the way you play. And so he came and he talked, and I think it was the All Blacks, and, um, and then they were asked to go around the circle and to say how, how that had helped. And, of course, everyone dutifully said it was really uh, helpful and thought that it was going to really affect their game in a positive way. I mean, all, you know, basically all the way around the circle. And then got to, uh, I think it was Todd Blackadder, who was from Canterbury. And he sort of hummed and hard a bit, and he was pressed, and he says, well, uh, for me, rugby really is about two things, just two things. I run and I tackle. And then I run and I tackle some more. <laughs> and we're going to read some scripture. And uh, it's, it has a lot of things. In fact, many, many things. And in fact, many, many's. And then, but in the end, really, right at the end, it's about two main things. So if we can show that. And this is Matthew 23 uh, from... 37. And uh, what we're doing today is we're starting a series on the last days. And one of the reasons for that is that there are so many nutcases on the internet. And, and a lot of them like to talk about the last days. But we actually really, really want to hear from someone who knows about the last days, and that's Jesus. So we're going to look at what Jesus said about the last days. Starting from Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, this is Jesus. You who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you are not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, not, uh, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Chapter 24. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked? Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and, you will, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and then kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Let's pray. Lord, we ask as we unpack your scripture today, you would speak to us, speak to us. We open our hearts today. Your Holy Spirit is welcome to speak to us. No Amen. You know, this is an interesting interweaving of, of two things. And as we look at these two chapters, basically 24 and 25, what it is is an interweaving of two things. So we've always got to keep that in our, in our minds. And it's one thing is the fall of Jerusalem, which we know from history occurred in AD 70, when the Romans came after rebellion and um, attacked Jerusalem, and eventually it fell, and that was AD 70. And it's, but it's also interwoven, Jesus speaks not only of AD 70, but it's interwoven, he's speaking also of the end of all things, of when he returns. So there's these two things going on. And sometimes it's a little bit hard to, to know exactly what thing he's talking about. And it's like a, a telescope. You know, sometimes you're using a telescope or binoculars and you're looking at something and you don't know, is it close up or is it a long way away? Is it a long way away or is it close up? And this is what is happening here in Matthew 24 and 25. There's AD 70, the fall of Jerusalem, and there's the, also the end of all times. So AD 70, the fall of Jerusalem. It, it kind of started in AD 66, and it was prompted by the uh, oppressive taxes of the Roman rulers, and also the devout monotheism of the Jewish people. They, they would only worship one God, and Romans did not get that. And also the tax system. Um, started AD 66, it, it, it went on and on. There were, um, there were the, the zealots, they were violent radicals, and they were killing Romans all over the place. There was uprisings. And in the end, the Romans sent in the, the general Titus, he surrounded Jerusalem, and it was Passover time. What he did at Passover time, he allowed the Passover pilgrims into Jerusalem, but wouldn't let them out. And what that, it was a strategic move uh, to deplete the resources of food and water. Then he built a wall right around Jerusalem, and anyone who tried to break that wall, he crucified in full view of all of Jerusalem. And so he, he wore them out. And slowly the people began to starve. AD 70, finally the wall was breached and most of the inhabitants of Jerusalem at that time were slaughtered. And the temple toppled. Only, they say, uh, Josephus, the uh, main historian, Jewish historian at the time, who ended up um, helped the Romans a little bit, but... Um, only the foundations, stones of the temple, were left. All the other uh, stones toppled. So that was AD 70. And, we, and this is seen in the prophetic telescope of Jesus. But in a way, we're all in the last days. You know, the coming of Jesus, that's like the birth pains 
of the last days. That's the start of the last days. The birth, the, the, the life, the ministry of Jesus. That's the start. And we're heading towards the, the last, last days. We're in that time. It's like in World War II. Uh, World War II, they talk about two main dates. There's D-Day and there's V-E Day. D-Day is when the Allies landed on Normandy and, and V-E Day is, came about one year later. It's called Victory in Europe Day. So the D-Day landings at Normandy signaled the turning of the tide, which was the beginning of the end of World War II. Uh, from that time, they could sort of tell that the, the Allies were going to be victorious. However, what followed in that almost year was some of the most heavy fighting, most brutal fighting of the entire war. D-Day, V-E Day. And we're in that time. Jesus has landed. Uh, he has died. And his... Uh, his death means that we are no longer accountable for our own sins, but the end has not come. We're in that interregnum, that, that period of time. In fact, um, President, American President Franklin Roosevelt, when after the landing at Normandy, he said this. He said, it did not mean the war was over. He said, you don't just walk to Berlin, and the sooner this country realizes that the better. And so like here, there are, there, there are lots of many's in this passage. And one key to Bible interpretation is you've got to take notice of something that's repeated. And there's many, many's. There's lots of many's in this passage. And we're going to go through them. Uh, but many is not always great. Many is not always right. Many is not always wonderful. Many does not always equal godliness. And someone said that the worst opinion of all is public opinion. When 51% of the population agrees on something, it doesn't mean that it's right or true. In fact, many, uh, most of these many's are sad. Most of these many's are sad-faced many's. And what Jesus is doing here, he's preparing his followers for the future. So some very hard days ahead. And some of them would have experienced AD 70, which was a wicked time. In fact, they say that because um, Jesus had prophesied this, some of the Christians at that time knew what was coming and they fled for the hills. <laughs> they got out of there and it saved their lives. Jesus is not trying to market something here, not trying to sell something, but he's preparing his people for the, for the days to come. It's like uh, us as a family. We, a little while back, we went to a funeral, had to prepare the kids. So we're going to go to a funeral tomorrow, and some things are going to happen. All of you are going to wear shoes tomorrow. <laughs> All of you. And, you'll be, uh, and you'll have to sit and listen. All of you. And there'll be lots of relations there. Some of them are unusual, but you'll have to say hello to all of them. And so Jesus here is outlining uh, many, many, preparing his followers for what was about to take place. Number one, there were many inhabitants of Jerusalem that said, uh, refused 
Jesus. Jesus said, I wanted to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. But so many of you are not willing. Wasn't that sad? They could have spared themselves of the trauma that they, they went through. First many, second many, many stones will be toppled. 24 verse 1. This probably hyperbole, probably um, uh, deliberate exaggeration by Jesus, but, but it was pretty close. You know, almost all those stones came down, and man, they were whoppers. Uh, they say, archaeologists say, that the small stones were two to three tons, size of a small elephant. But the big ones were uh, about 50 tons, up to 50 tons, six large elephants. That's how big these stones were. And they were, almost all of them were toppled over by the Romans in AD 70. Uh, that is incredible, the temple. It, the reconstruction of it began in the time of Herod, tw- uh, 20 BC, around 20 BC. Uh, by the time of Jesus, that reconstruction had been going for 46 years. You think your little Renos are hard. Do that for 46 years. It was not completed until 63 BC. And only um, seven years later, that it was all destroyed. Many stones will be toppled. Uh, number three, many, there'll be many wars and rumors of wars. Verses six and seven. Uh, many, number four, many famines and earthquakes. Verse seven as well. Uh, many, number five, many deceivers will come. Matthew uh, 24, verses five, 11, and 12. Many deceivers will come and say that they are the Christ. That they are the rescuer. It's not true. Jesus of Nazareth is the rescuer and he's the one who's coming back. Muhammad, the 7th century founder of Islam, he is not the rescuer. Joseph Smith, the 19th century American founder of Mormonism, he's not the rescuer. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, is the rescuer, and it's it's him who's coming back. And he will return. Many, number six, many will be deceived, verses 5, 11, and 12. Many, not a few. I wish they were not so, but that's not what Jesus said. He said, many will be deceived. There's a great word in Te Reo Māori, it's pōhehe. Pōhehe means to mistakenly think. And the Māori here says, uh, he tokomaha, heaps of people, if will be made to mistakenly think. Many. There will be heaps de- deceived by false prophets. This was the safety issue that the early church feared the most. Pōhehetanga, deception. All those other, you know, dangerous, violent, vicious things. But the thing they, that scared the living daylights out of the early church was pōhehetanga, to be made to mistakenly think, deception. They, they were so petrified of that. For some reason, we're not. We say, I oh, you know, that's a different way of looking at it. No, if it's deception, <laughs> it's deception. If it's false, it's false. 
Uh, many, number seven, many will hate the followers of Jesus. And this will exhibit itself in persecution and killing of disciples of Jesus. Okay, as the leader of this organization, I'm also your health and safety officer. So, <laughs> when there's an uh, earthquake, you get under the chairs, you go out to the concrete. When there's a fire, you go out to the concrete. When there's a tsunami, um, people will get these from in there, service leader. You go up, you cross the road, watch out for the logging, logging trucks, they could kill you. <coughs> go up the hill. If you're stacking the chairs away, thank you, everyone who does that. Watch out for your toes. We would not want you to hurt your tootsies. However, part of my dilemma is not only am I your health and safety officer, I'm also your pastor, and I have to unpack the scripture for you, and what Jesus said is in the last days, people will hate you. And some might want to kill you. When we lived in Africa, we slept outside, and uh, we had wonderful neighbors, both sides, Muslim neighbors. Anything went wrong, they would come and um, see if everything was okay. Um, we had a wonderful uh, Australian doctor in town. Uh, jihadists came and got him about four years ago. No one knows where he is. For decades, for about uh, 40, 40 years, he served all of the community, Christians, Muslims, anyone. Jihadists came and got him, took him. Uh, in that country now, um, pastors have been shot. It didn't used to happen 10 years ago. That was not happening. It's happening now. Uh, times are changing. It might even change here, you know. And I need to tell you, uh, you know, I have to keep you safe, but I need to also tell you, you may not be safe. <laughs> because that's what Jesus said. And part of the trouble for me Jesus said, uh, you'll be hated by all nations, says Jesus. Many. Part of the trouble for me is, is I actually like being liked. <laughs> I don't like being hated. I like, you know, when I come to me, hey, it's Carl. No. Oh. <laughs> but Jesus said, many will hate you. Many, number eight, many will turn away from the faith. As a result of the above, many will throw in the towel. The love of most will, will grow cold. Verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. You know, that's a hard thing to handle. It's hard when you see someone who used to love uh, and follow the Lord, you know, even like a mentor, like someone you looked up to in the Lord, and then their love goes cold. And what, what's happened to you? <laughs> You know, even people that might have led you to the Lord, oh, what's happened to you? But Jesus predicted it. He said, uh, the love of many, in fact, most will grow cold. It's hard, eh? It's hard when that happens. Uh, but wait, it gets worse. <laughs> many, number nine, many will become traitors. Verse 10, former followers of Jesus will betray you and will betray and hate each other. Are you feeling encouraged? Verse 13, but wait, it's coming. Encouragement's coming. We'll get there. 
there, but there's so many, so many minis, and so they're so negative. But Jesus doesn't want you to be disturbed and distracted by the minis, but he wants us to be aware of them. And, but not be distracted by the many, many. In fact, Jesus rebuked Martha and said, Martha, you are distracted by so many things. Here Jesus is saying, in the future days, you'll be disturbed and distracted by incredible misery and madness out there. And it will happen. But he says, stay focused on just two things. Not all the many things. Stay focused on just two things. Thing number one, verse 13. Jesus said this, The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Amen? Hallelujah. The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Verse 13. Ko te tangata ia e uana, e taia noa tia te mutanga ka ora ia. Amen? Stay standing in the faith. Remain in the faith. Stand in the faith. Don't get knocked over. Stand. Stand. On a sports TV program last week, had a boxer, and he was raving about how good he'd been in a fight that he lost. And the trainer on the, of the opponent who knocked him out said, what? What are you talking about? You got knocked over. You lost. But the other guy said, well, yeah, but I had the better fight. I landed more, more punches. Nah, you got knocked over. You know, important thing is to not get knocked over, to, to be found standing in the end. Thing number one, stand. Stand. Don't get knocked over. Thing number two, Deliver. It's like a postie, like a courier. And it says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached, I think it's verse 14, in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Ah, koreira putai te mutanga. The gospel is not about, you know, the gospel is not about trying to convince people of a a philosophy or trying to tell them we're better than them. What it actually is, is delivering the message of the goodness of God. That's all we are. We're just, we just delivery people. We deliver the message of the goodness of God, of what God has done. Deliver to the whole world, to all people. Deliver the testimony, the story of the goodness of God through Jesus Christ. That's it. Stand, deliver. Easy, sort of. <laughs> it's simple. May not be easy. Interesting, um, when you compare Luke 10 and Luke 22, Luke 10 and Luke 22, in Luke 10, Jesus says, he's sending out disciples. And he says, when you go out, don't take anything. Don't take a purse. Don't take a bag. Don't take shoes. Just go. The people will accept you. They'll love you. Just go. Uh, Luke chapter 22, Jesus says, Now, when you go, take a purse. Take a bag. And if you don't have a sword, buy one. And Jesus is not saying, you know, stick it to them. He's not saying get violent. What he's saying, 
This is what he's saying. He's saying the context has changed. No one's going to be giving you standing ovations now. It's changed. Seasons changed. But still go. Still go. Still deliver. Still preach. And I believe that this century, the context that we find ourselves in, in the West, that Christendom's preferred status has changed. We don't have that now. Uh, The opposition to the Christian now is way more overt than it used to be. And it could intensify further. Change has occurred. You ready for that? However, the command of Jesus has not changed. Still stand. Still stand. Still stand. And still deliver. Still stand. Still deliver. That's the same. No change. Stand and deliver. Let's pray. And... um, and people here would love to pray for you. Uh, anything spoken to you today and you want prayer about that or anything else, people here, just come up the front as we're having a cup of tea. People would love to pray for you. We thank you, Lord, that you, um, you don't try to sell us anything. You're not, you didn't try to market to us anything, and you were always honest with us. You still are always honest with us, and we know what happened to you, and we've seen it happen to others. And um, Lord, it's a hard call, but we ask that if, um, if that comes to us, you'd give us that courage um, to stand and the courage to deliver, to speak of the goodness of God, that you've made a way when there was no way, that you said we could be righteous when we weren't righteous, and you're good to us, even when there's craziness out there. Our Lord, you're good to us. We thank you for your many blessings. Amen. Have a great day. Bless you.